You're listening to Saturday Morning Rewind with your hosts, Tim and Gary. Grab a bowl of Lucky Charms, put on your hammer pants, hammer pants, hammer. slip on your power glove, and relive your childhood with a show dedicated to the love of animation. I am the terror that flaps in the night. Disney. To all who come to this happy place, welcome. And so much more. It's time for Saturday Morning Rewind. Hey, what's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in. My name is Tim Nadell. Find me on Instagram and Twitter. It's at Saturday Rewind. And I am your co-host, Gary. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at SMRGary. Today's episode I'm super excited about because we have taken a short break from talking about a lot of Disney stuff. And uh, so we're back. Mainly because I just got back from a great trip at Disneyland and the D23 Expo. So I'm super excited to be back. And, well, honestly, I haven't left yet because we were recording this about three days before I'm leaving. But (laughs) I'm assuming I had a great time. I'm assuming I met a lot of great people. And I'm assuming I I scheduled some pretty sweet interviews coming up on the podcast. I hope at least. (laughs) I like this future thought. Uh, (laughs) Yes. And uh, so I... Uh, recently, myself in the future went to <laughs> the Raleigh Supercon, so oh, uh, hopefully I was able to get some good contacts there as well. Nice. I'm glad you're. Yeah. I'm glad you're safe and you're back. And did you meet anybody cool? Exactly. Yes. I'll tell you about it uh, next episode. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. We'll we'll swap stories next time. That sounds good. So we are back, and I I'm assuming I had a great trip at Disney. So we're here talking about classic Disney shorts. Not the kind you wear, of course, <laughs> because it's kind of weird. Right. I don't, think I, have, I don't think I even own a pair of Disney shorts. I have a pair of like Disney pajamas. So we can, yeah. we'll save that for a different episode, though. We'll do like a Disney pajama episode. <laughs> that sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> so today we, we picked out one of our favorite classic Disney shorts. You know, the classic, it can be black and white color, but something to do with Mickey Mouse, Goofy, or Donald Duck. The early, early shorts that, you know, we all grew up and loved as kids. There, there, this was really hard to pinpoint because there it are really just was. so many great shorts. Yeah. Uh, but I just went with the one that immediately popped in my head. Mine too. Mine too. Mine is the one that uh, I remember maybe watching the most as a kid, maybe. I don't know. But this is the first thing that popped in my mind when I, when I, try to think of my favorite short so many like you said there i'm gonna list a couple honorable mentions at the end of it but so many amazing classic shorts and honestly as much as i love disney shorts i this might be a little blasphemous but i actually love looney tunes more you know the bugs Mm. bunny daffy duck stuff so if we ever do an episode of that that's gonna be much harder for me Right. I, I agree. Um, and I will actually mention a Looney Tunes short in just a little while ah, because sweet. mine pairs well with that. So Nice. Yeah, I'm not saying... I actually love the Disney characters a thousand times more than Looney Tunes, but for some reason, the writing, the acting, and I don't know, the visuals in Looney Tunes was just spectacular. Yeah. I, 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 kind, of, I kind of get that. I've definitely spent more time watching Looney Tunes shorts than Disney shorts, I would say. That's, um, I think that's why I... I think that's why I... I kind of like the Looney Tunes more because yeah I did have more access to Looney Tunes as a kid yeah. I didn't really have the Disney Channel I had it off and yeah. on as a kid I remember Same seeing here. I remember seeing Dumbo Circus for quite a bit when I was a little kid but we went years without Disney Channel and only mm-hmm. I only remember when I went to somebody's house or when we got like a free preview of the Disney Channel yep <laughs> yeah it was a very premium thing to have yeah, I think it was 
I had it for at least the first four years of it. I remember Gummy Bears and I remember Dumbo Circus and that kind of stuff. But after that, I don't remember much until my early teens, maybe about 11 or 12 was when we maybe got it back again. Yeah, I I think I was probably about, I don't, I don't know how old I was, but I remember whenever I found out that Toon Disney was a thing and they played, you know, DuckTales and Darkwing Duck and all the great old Disney afternoon stuff in the middle of the night, that's whenever mm, I really yeah, wow. started focusing more in on the Disney channel. Yeah. Um, but I caught stuff here and there when I was a kid. But I mean, most of my Disney knowledge came from ABC. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Yeah. When they would play like Disney shorts at Christmas time and for different holidays and stuff. So once once uh youtube came around and things started getting put on there uh which i'm still surprised that happens and yeah, no one seriously. takes it down yeah no seriously but, <laughs> but uh you know that's that's really where i got caught up you know i went through a major just binge watch of of these things yeah okay so let's let's get started i'm going to start off with yeah. my my favorite pick and i chose brave little taylor from 1938 which i think that's one of the most iconic i would think when it comes to mickey mouse yeah, I, I think so. I mean, that's the first thing that came to my mind. I know there's a ton other amazing Mickey Mouse shorts to pick from, but this is the first one that came to mind. And um, so I think most of you probably know the story. It stars Mickey Mouse, of course, as the tailor. You know, look in the name. And <laughs> he, let's see, there's a giant tormenting this little village. And there's, you know, the reward posters looking for the giant. Is somebody, they're trying to find somebody to slay this giant. And, uh, so these townsfolk are outside Mickey's tailor shop talking about, you know, killing the giant. And inside the tailor shop, Mickey Mouse is in there whistling, you know, tailoring away. And mm-hmm. he's got seven flies buzzing around his head, like for a good 30 seconds, going crazy at him. And he takes one swipe at him and kills all seven of the flies at one time. And here's just a little bit of audio from that part. Did you ever kill a giant? I killed seven with one blue! Seven! <laughs> so, of course, they <laughs> assume Mickey is talking about killing seven giants with one blow. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so then word gets out to the king. And I'm assuming the king, you know, calls for Mickey Mouse to go talk to him. And uh, he's in front of the king, and the king is telling him, I will give you riches, I'll give you millions of riches. And uh, he's very hesitant. Mickey's like, he's, he wants to tell him, no, I didn't kill a giant. But then Minnie Mouse whispers into the, the king's ear, because Minnie is the princess, uh, whispers mm-hmm. in the king's ear and tells him that Mickey can have her hand in marriage if he slays the giant. <laughs> so that, of course, persuades him a little bit more to go out and kill that giant. And I got some audio from that as well. Did you kill seven at one blow? Uh, yes, your honor. And how? Well, how? I was all alone. I heard them coming. I looked up, and I was surrounded. Yes? They were here, there, everywhere. A whole bunch of them. Hmm. They came at me from the right, from the left. Right, left, left, right. Yes, yes, go on. They were coming closer. The fight was on. I swung and missed. I missed and swung. I swung again and again and again. They were right on top of me. And then? And then I let them have it. 
So The Brave Little Tailor is actually a 1938 animated short, and it's an adaptation of a fairy tale called The Valiant Little Tailor, which I don't think I've ever read that book at all. Mm-hmm. No, me neither. So, And of course, it stars Walt Disney himself as the voice of Mickey Mouse, because this is the point where he was still voicing Mickey Mouse, which he did up until about 1947 when he got too busy to do, to do the voice. And some actually say that his voice was getting a little too scruffy because of his um, smoking habit. So I think those two things made him stop voicing Mickey Mouse. But this is probably one of the... Uh, I don't know, he goes through a lot of like early stages of Mickey Mouse where it's a little too high-pitched, and then near the end of his, you know, Mickey's career, it's a little too deep. I think this is perfect. You know what I mean? Yeah, I was just thinking that. This sounds... It's just my favorite voice of Mickey. Yeah, this is the one I think of when I think of, of Mickey Mouse's voice. At least Walt's Mickey Mouse's voice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And The Brave Little Taylor was actually nominated for an Oscar back in 1939, but oddly enough, it lost out to Disney's own film, Ferdinand the Bull. Huh. So I, th- I think pretty much everybody knows the story about this. He goes out to find the giant. So he- he's sitting there in the cliffside, mountainside, and suddenly the giant appears right behind him. And uh, visually, has this short has some of my favorite visuals of an animated short. When the-, the giant's foot, all you see is the foot behind him. You know, Mickey jumps in the boat. The giant's foot goes in the water. The giant waves are pushing Mickey's boat. And then Mickey jumps into the uh, giant cart of pumpkins, and that is where the giant sits down on a village, like a like a little small cottage, and um, picks up the pumpkins with his hands, pops them in his mouth like it's popcorn, and of course Mickey is in there with one of the pumpkins, and uh, this is when Mickey grabs onto the, uh, oh what's that called? Uh, the part of your mouth, the the the, the, the u, u, uvula, yeah, there you go. The uvula, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a st- stupid word. I'm sorry, it, it would not pop into my mind. <laughs> so he grabs onto that little thing, dangling down back in your throat, and um, the giant then sees a, a well, you know, water well, grabs it like it's a, like a cup, and picks it up, takes it out of the ground, and starts drinking it. And visually, those like. Minute and a half of that cartoon are, I think, are they're genius. I've got to be honest. Like this is one of the first shorts that I remember watching whenever I was younger. But I haven't seen it in years. Uh, but you've definitely inspired me to give it a, another you viewing. You need to watch it as soon as we get done recording this because it's it's amazing. <laughs> it sounds like it. I mean, the visuals. You know, I don't remember them as much as I remember just the basic story from yeah. being a kid. But yeah. you know, Disney does visuals best. I think. I think. Th- I think so. It's it's. Incredible. And then the next visual is of, you know, the, the giants rolling a, a big old cigarette out of a hay that Mickey's hiding into. And at this yep. point, he doesn't even know Mickey exists. You know, he's Mickey's trying to get away, but he keeps hiding in places that the giant wants to either eat, drink, or smoke. So <laughs> it's at that point when, when the giant actually discovers Mickey inside the hay when he's lighting up his cigarette. And he tries to get away, and he gets he climbs on top of the giant's face and gets stuck on the giant's wrinkles on his forehead. Another amazing visual right there. Mm, I remember that. Yeah. That sticks with me. (laughs) (laughs) So then, long story short, Mickey uses his tailor experience to capture the giant by uh, cutting holes into the giant's shirt, making it so the giant reaches his arms through those holes, and he ties them up with his tailor, you know, with his needle and thread, and that's how he beats the giant. That is cool. (laughs) Love that short. Yeah, I remember being really kind of impressed by it. Uh, and I think we, 
no spoilers here, uh, but my, my short is also a Mickey short. And Sweet. I don't remember if we were saying on the record last time or not, but some of the best shorts are Mickey's. They are. Um, they are. Or at least they involve all three of them. Yeah, I, I agree. Like the um, the like, boat building one. Yeah, and the clockwork uh, one where they're fixing the clock. and. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. The ghost busting one. Oh, yeah, of course. But, um, I mean, I you know, goofy shorts don't really... I mean, aside from like the goofy uh, training shorts or those are, well, yeah, whatever they are. Those are the ones that come yeah. to mind when I think of Goofy. I don't think of any other short besides those, okay. honestly. I, I feel bad because I love Goofy, but Agreed. those training ones are, are amazing. Mm-hmm. And uh, Donald just kind of sticks out to me with like the nephews. Yeah. But there's just something more memorable about Mickey's shorts. And um, I, think, I think there's like something about Mickey's personality that just really pushes it to the next level for me yeah because he he has this he's sort of like the power animal i wish i had if that makes oh, sense yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so why don't you go into your short then okay well uh my short is from 1933 and it's called mickey's gala premiere tonight the night of mickey mouse is premiere and every star in hollywood will be here Mickey's great big celebration is the talk of all the nations. Just hear those people cheer. They're giving Mickey Mouse a grand ovation. His picture's going to be a big sensation. Picture stars, movie queens, high surpass, limousines. Hollywood is on parade. So yeah, as I said, this this was released on July 1st, 1933. Uh, directed by Burt Fillett and produced by Walt Disney with music by Frank Churchill. Um, it's basically one didn't, of those didn't, shorts. Sorry to interrupt. Didn't Frank Churchill do the music for Bambi? I think so. Yeah, he's the one that, I don't make it sad or anything, but he's the one that killed himself after the release of Bambi. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't put that together. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's 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 pretty incredible. He is amazing. Um, yeah, I think Bambi is the most visually stunning in terms of animation to music of all the Disney movies. Yeah. If I had to pick. I mean, Fantasia, obviously, but, you know, yeah, you know just in terms yeah. of original and ever, uh, original music. But yeah, so the basic plot of this short is that Mickey, Minnie, Pluto, Clarabelle, and Horace attend the premiere of Mickey's latest cartoon, Galloping Romance, at Grauman's Chinese Theater. Uh, and it's basically just, there's very little stuff happening with Mickey and the gang in this short, but they're basically just surrounded by a lot of the notable actors and actresses of the late twenties and early thirties, including, uh, Laurel and Hardy, the Marx brothers, all three of the famous Barrymore's Lionel, John and Ethel, Maurice Chevalier, Jean Harlow, Joan Crawford, Harold Lloyd, Clark Gable, Charlie Chaplin, Buster Keaton, Mae West, William Powell, Edwin, and even a little cameo from Walt Disney. Uh, (laughs) And and there's also my favorite part of this is that there's a uh, really funny cameo from the from three of the Universal monsters, the three that existed at that point, and uh, it's it's Lugosi as Dracula, Karloff as Frankenstein, and March as Jekyll and Hyde. Oh wow! And uh, as you know, as as the short, the galloping romance short is playing, you know, it's got the audience. It keeps showing the audience reacting to it, and uh, whenever it it shows uh, Dracula, Frankenstein, and he- Jekyll and Hyde reacting like the laughter is really dark and sinister sounding and it's it's just little touches like that that make this short stand out to me 
as as I sort of touched on earlier, there's a Tex Avery short, and I'm it's not technically Looney Tunes, but it's Tex Avery. Yeah, uh, it's called Hollywood Steps Out, and it's from 1941. And it's it's much the same. It's just got a lot of famous actors from that time done with really exaggerated looks like Clark Gable's got like Dumbo sized ears and and things of that nature that just play on their natural looks. But there's just a lot of fun little things in this short. The actual short that they're watching in the theater is, is really good. And um, and uh, it's kind of cool because several of the actors that were uh, caricatured in this short would later be uh, much larger in other Disney films with yeah, Edwin as the Mad Hatter and, and Uncle Albert and uh, Maurice Chevalier sang the theme for the the Aristocats. And uh, Helen Hayes would later play Miserous Steinmetz in the Disney film Herbie Rides Again. Hmm. Uh, so this was also the first time that Mickey ever interacted with humans. And ah. But my favorite little Easter egg about this uh, short is that at this particular point in time in 1933, the Mickey shorts were released through United Artists. But whenever United Artists lost the rights, the only existing prints were reissued and that the reissues took out any mention of the United Artists logo. Ah. But in the title card for the short that they're watching in the theater, it still has the United Artists credit like title card at the beginning of it so it's the only time that you actually get to see that anymore in in its original format very interesting wow yeah yeah so it's 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 a weird choice and like i say there's so many others uh my wife would never forgive me if i didn't mention uh her personal favorite short which was good scouts yes Um, i love that one yeah (laughs) um but yeah I, i just i can't I can't say enough about how great these shorts are. I forgot to mention, where can people watch your short? Has it been released on DVD or any other, you know, material? Well, it is available on Laserdisc. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's available on Laserdisc and DVD, both in the uh, Mickey Mouse and Black and White collections. Volume 1, I'm sure, because that's Black and White. Yep. And uh, mine as well, you know, Brave Little Taylor can be found on Volume 1 of Mickey Mouse and Disney Treasures, and also the Sword in the Stone Blu-ray release. They have it in there as a short. Cool. I love when they do that. Yeah, me too. I've, I've really enjoyed that the more recent releases have had Oswald shorts. Yeah. Like the, the Walt Disney Signature Collections all have Oswald yeah. shorts. Well, one of my favorite Disney Treasures is the Oswald collection that I have, because I haven't seen those. You know, they never played them when we were kids, you know? It's no, only as no of, they didn't. Because Disney only, as of recently, got the rights back to Oswald, so they're finally releasing them on some kind of format, even though I believe yeah. the Treasures is now sold out. Um, mm-hmm. I know you can find it still on eBay and stuff like that. Exorbitant prices, but yeah, it's yeah. still there. Yeah. Um, it's hard to believe it's been 10 years since that <laughs> the weirdest trade in the history of television I know, <laughs> seriously. The, ESP, the whole ESPN thing for Oswald. <laughs> <laughs> they traded a living, breathing a person, person for yep. <laughs> a, a rabbit. That's just the funniest thing An in the ESPN world An ESPN anchor for a rabbit. That's so great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so besides talking about our favorite shorts, we also wanted to chat a little bit about our favorite classic Disney characters. And I will go first on this one as well. I chose, he's not only my favorite Disney character, but I think he's probably my favorite cartoon character of all time, honestly. And of course, I'm talking about the one and only Donald Duck. Yes. I don't remember a time in my life when I didn't love Donald Duck. I seem to really love ducks as a kid because my favorite Looney Tunes character is Daffy. My favorite Disney is Donald. 
And then when stuff like DuckTales came out and Darkwing Duck came out, I just really gravitated toward those ducks. Hmm. So it just went obvious choice that I went with Donald Duck for this choice. And um, I got two favorite shorts that can be easily called my favorite Disney shorts too. So I'll bring them up as honorable mentions. And these are my favorite two Donald Duck shorts. First one is Donald Duck and the Gorilla. Do you remember that one? Oh, yeah. So uh, there's a gorilla on the loose, and uh, the, his nephews, Huey, Dewey, and Louie, are trying to trick Donald because they all know about this gorilla being loose and everything. And they try to trick him, and they dress up in this gorilla suit. And, of course, the gorilla ends up at their home, so all this you know crazy mayhem happens. And I don't know. I just love it when these mischievous you know little nephews just try to torment Donald. <laughs> yeah, they add so much levity to the situation. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and my my next favorite one, which I love this one more, this might be tied at least for my favorite short of all time. It was the Plastics Inventor. Do you, do you know that one? I don't think so. Oh, I love the Plastics Inventor. It's so genius, honestly. I talked about how I love the visuals on the Taylor, but this mm-hmm. one it might be even even better, honestly. Cool. So go uh, out and watch. Check the, that one out. Yeah, go watch the Plastics Inventor. It, it just about you know it's it's. Donald did quite a, a bit of those, too, where he listens to the radio. You know, he does. It's kind of like the goofy shorts where you're learning something. You know what I mean? Through the mm-hmm. commentary of the announcer. Yeah. And that's what this is. He's learning how to make an airplane that he actually can fly in out of plastic. Hmm. So I actually wow. pulled a little bit of audio. Here's some audio from that short. Good morning, junior inventors. Good morning, professor. As I promised you last week... This morning, we are going to bake an airplane out of junk. So that's just a little tease. So go out and watch it. I love it. It's, I mean, you, you really root for Donald in this one because that radio announcer dude is a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> but like I said, visually, it's amazing, especially when his airplane is falling apart when he's flying it because uh, he wasn't, the announcer dude didn't tell Donald that you couldn't get the airplane wet. Hmm. And so it's, of course, a huge thing to tell somebody before they take it out flying. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so here's just a little quick history on Donald Duck himself. So Walt was looking for somebody to be a companion to Mickey Mouse, and he decided to create Donald Duck. He loved Clarence Nash, and he was already doing like a duck impression on his stage, you know, comedy routine. And so he hired Clarence Nash as the voice of Donald Duck, and he continued to voice him up until, uh, when was that? I think he died in 1985, leukemia. He voiced mm-hmm. him all the way from the beginning until he died. That mm-hmm. year he was he still voicing Donald Duck, which is amazing. And yeah, that is wild. I don't remember his voice ever really changing either, honestly. No. If anything, he got more... Uh, he got easier to understand. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so after Clarence passed away, Tony Anselmo took over as the voice, and he is actually the voice you actually still hear as Donald Duck, except for the exception of Daniel Ross, who is voicing him now in the Mickey and the Roadster Racers cartoon. But that's the only time, as far as I know, that somebody has legally come in and replaced Tony as the voice of Donald Duck. And I still don't know the reasons for that. I mean, the guy no, is great. Yeah. He sounds... I think maybe they're training him up since Tony's getting thinking. older. That's what I'm thinking. But he's he sounds just like Tony. Yeah. Uh, actually, he's kind of a perfect mix between Ducky and Tony. So oh, it, it, it works. Sweet. Nice. But it, it's not too often you can say that how only a small handful of people 
have voiced one iconic character since the 30s. So true, yeah. That's that's wild. And a lot of people don't realize that Tony Osamo actually started off in the Disney Company as an animator. Really? Yeah. Did you not know that? I didn't know. Yeah, he actually worked on more than 20 features. Huh. Yeah, he, he worked on, let me see, I got a list right here. Black Cauldron, Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, Lion King, and Tarzan. So he was actually voicing Donald and animating at the same time. Wow. I had no idea yeah. he worked on. There's actually a documentary. I forget the name of it. It's on YouTube. It's an old Disney documentary from uh, the early 80s. And it actually has him being interviewed before he was the voice of Donald Duck. It's a great huh. little sm- short interview with him. It's it's They're interviewing everybody associated with the 80s you know, Disney company. And he's one yeah. of them. He's, he's sitting at his animator's desk talking to the camera. Wow. That's that's really cool. <laughs> yeah. It's a really, just type in Disney documentary 80s. You'll probably find it. Okay. So one of the strangest Disney shorts of all time, and it's a great short, honestly, but if you look at it on paper and you hear about it, it might sound a little odd. It is when Donald Duck is a Nazi. Have you ever, <laughs> have you ever seen that one? Uh, I don't think so. Yeah, he actually plays a Nazi in this short, and uh, I even saw people commenting online how n- so negative towards it and towards the Disney company, but they don't mm-hmm. realize that this is like complete satire. They're making fun of the Nazi army. Yeah. It ends up being a dream. He ends up waking up in America. He, you can see the American flag and everything. And he's got like this little mini like Statue of Liberty statue on his windowsill. And he goes over there and kisses it. <laughs> <laughs> but I pulled audio. And this is the strangest thing to ever hear out of any Disney character. Here we go. He's a very disgruntled Nazi, first of all. He works like in the factory making the bullets and making the am- ammunition and everything. And it's it's a it's a very funny short. It actually won an Oscar for them as well. Wow. And yeah, people I, need to watch it and realize that no, they're not glorifying Nazis. Walt Disney actually hated the Nazis with a passion. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's just completely making fun of them for the right reasons because they weren't, you know, a good, you know, people to get associated with. And yeah. go watch it. It's called, I don't know, I can't really pronounce it, Der Fauser's Face, something like that. <laughs> Whatever. So something, something German. Just, if you just type in Donald Duck Nazi, you'll find it on YouTube. It's on there. <laughs> <laughs> and you might also get put on a list. You it's must. probably worth it. <laughs> so th- that's just a quick little bio on uh, Donald Duck and some things you may not have known. I, I learned quite a few things. Did you know that Tony Anselmo also voiced Daisy Duck once? Wow, I can see that, but I don't think I ever knew that. Yeah, in the Down and Out with Donald Duck. I remember uh, that one, yeah. Special from 87, so. Huh. Um, I was actually just curious because I know that Daisy didn't get used for a long time. Yeah. At least not with a, a verbal role. Uh, yeah. And so from 1954, when she was voiced by June Foray, um, well, she was, it was several different women in the um, in the shorts, but then from 54 to 87, when Tony Anselmo played her, and then not again until 96 when Kath Susie played her as uh, Daisy on Quack Pack. Yeah. And then Tress McNeil since 99. It's it's very few people for her, too, but they That's also true. didn't use her very yeah. much. Anyways, uh, it's it's weird that you, <laughs> from Daisy Duck to Nazis, it's weird that you <laughs> say uh, 
that, that you mentioned that because my character that I'm going to talk about also deals with Nazis at, at a certain point nice. in their career. Well, Disney, if people didn't know this, Disney was kind of kind of forced in a way to create cartoons for the military. The military took yep. over the studio and they were not getting money anywhere else. So they had to make these uh, government videos. And that was why they created that Donald Duck one. Mm-hmm. So Donald is a great choice. Goofy is is kind of you know I, I I gravitate towards Goofy I gravitate toward Mickey but the the character that I have always loved for whatever reason and I don't know what this says about me is uh, Pegleg Pete oh um, yeah so I'm gonna go with him uh, because <laughs> he's just had so many iterations and and a lot of people don't realize even Jim Cummings doesn't realize this I've I've corrected him in person and he still doesn't say it right uh, that <laughs> that um you know Pete actually existed before mickey you know pete has been around since 1925 mm-hmm. uh he first appeared in the alice comedies yeah in the right. short yeah and the short alice solves the puzzle um and and in some ways jim cummings is right whenever he says that pete didn't exist and or well whenever he says that he was in steamboat willie yes he was um and he really became the pete that we know at that point but he was actually built as more of a bear in the uh mid 20s hmm. and he was also a big enemy for oswald so for whatever reason whenever they lost the rights to oswald they didn't lose the rights to pete and i'm hmm. not sure exactly how that happened but pete was in probably over half of the oswald shorts yeah. as the uh main adversary for him but he was uh he was a cigar smoking booze drinking bear uh <laughs> with the peg leg why can't and, we have um, that anymore, Gary? Why can't we have a smoke and drink and peg leg villain anymore? It's it's kind of frustrating because I mean it's not like these things are glorifying them. Exactly. I mean I, I kind of get it with Joe Camel, but I'm still on the fence about that. I feel like we should be able to have cool mascots for success. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, that's the second time I mentioned Joe Camel on this show. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But, you know, throughout the years, he's, he's predominantly played the villain, but sometimes he has to team up with Mickey. And then there's weird situations where all of a sudden he's Goofy's next door neighbor or or he's the <laughs> he's just the goofy cat who lives down the street from Mickey Mouse, who's usually sleepy and hungry in something like Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. And uh, it's, it's just he's been through so many iterations and I, I love all of them equally. He started out in 1928 being voiced by Walt Disney and then um in the 30s, 40s, and 50s, Billy Bletcher, who was a big voice for Disney, uh, took over playing for him. Oh yeah? Well, I ain't home, see? Now scram! I love, I love him as as Pete, honestly. Yeah, and it's still, it's still that voice still kind of holds through today. Yeah, yeah. It's it's really cool how, I mean, Jim's is very unique. Yeah. Um, and as we go through the five people here that I have, you know, it's like you can tell that they're all just playing on the Billy Bletcher formula in yeah. some way. And have you um, have you seen on YouTube the uh, clip of Walt Disney and Billy doing the voices? No, I haven't. It's amazing because here you see Walt Disney. I would say Walt Disney is maybe like five ten ish. And uh, Billy is maybe like 5'2", five, 5'3". Five, and uh-huh. to hear Walt Disney, the 5'10 guy, do the, <laughs> the, the voice of Mickey, you know, the high bitch voice of Mickey, and seeing mm-hmm. this really short guy doing the deep, deep voice of Pete is amazing. <laughs> That's really cool. Yeah, it's really fun. It's a, it's a fun find. I forget how I came across it. But if you just type in Billy's name and probably Walt Disney, I'm sure you guys would find that. 
Nice. I have a lot of homework to do after <laughs> yeah, this episode. Yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, one of the bigger Donald shorts called Bellboy Donald also featured Pete. And typically Pete was with Mickey, but occasionally he would branch out to to the duck stories. Mm. And, um, and so for this one particular short, John McLeish, I'm probably saying his name wrong, voiced Pete in 1942. You can yes. for that. Rumbar, the 80th floor, please. Yes, sir. Yeah, that one's a little weird. Yeah, it sounds very strange. It's it it sounds like a uh, too official, you know. Yeah, yeah. But I think I, it's been a while since I've seen it. But I feel like Pete might be more official in that one than than, okay. than usual. Okay. He's not the common thug. <laughs> yeah. Then you know Billy Bletcher came back and he did it up until '54, which was uh, a Chipmunk short, I believe, or a Chip and Dell short called Lone Chipmunks. And then Pete wasn't used in shorts for a while up until well up until 2014 but uh but prior <laughs> to that um he was voiced by will ryan in ducktales and mickey's christmas carol and let me say that i i love jim cummings as the voice of pete he's you know the one i think of now but mm-hmm. if i go back and think about it i want to say will ryan's version is my favorite it's interesting it's yeah it's much darker it is yeah and i can't hear it and not just envision Will Ryan doing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's, you know, like I said, DuckTales is tied from my favorite cartoon of all time. And when I heard that voice on that cartoon, mm-hmm. um, I just, I was in love because, I don't know, something about Will Ryan's voice in that deep, deep voice. Here's a little audio for you guys to hear right here. They're like us, always on the move, snapping up anything that catches their eye. And nobody likes him, just like us. Kind of gives him like a more of a dim-witted attitude, uh, personality. That's exactly right. He sounds more like a dope than most of the other yeah. Pete's do, and and that's that's kind of an endearing thing. Uh, and it's nice that Will Ryan got to come back and play him again in the Get a Horse short, which uh, is what yeah. I was referring to yeah. earlier. So then, for another one shot, Arthur Berghart, voice of Destro came in and did Pete for The Prince and the Pauper. Good day, my phony prince. Unhand me! Shut up! Now that our dearly departed king is out of my way, you're gonna do every little thing I say. Cause if you don't... But Pluto! Get the picture! I can totally hear Destro. <laughs> I know, it's weird. <laughs> but I think that he's kind of got like the perfect That's great, uh, yeah. embodiment of all three of the main I think guys. So, the voice. Yeah. I yeah. love that. Yeah, it's cool. I, I really I totally forgot that he was a voice for, for that one. Yeah. Yeah, I, I knew that there was a guy who did it in The Prince and the Pauper, but I didn't know it was actually Arthur. Yeah. So that was really fun to find out. Um and then last but not least, and and I I, I go back and forth as to which one is my favorite, but yeah. Got to talk about Jim Cummings. Of course. Here's some audio from that. You just wait. Nobody, and I do mean nobody, messes with the mighty Pete. Okay, it's, <laughs> it's so hard. Like you said, I love I love all of my, honestly. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just like my favorite incarnation of Pete is yeah. Pete wearing the, 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 the clothes. The, the goof troop, <laughs> yeah, you the know, button-up, yellow button-up with the tie. Like, I love that visual and and jim's voice goes with that so well yeah no i i agree i'm i'm torn because i love all of them maybe it's because i just love mickey's christmas carol so much yeah and i don't know but yeah equally they're all amazing in their own right 
I agree. Yeah. And, and, you know, Pete has had this eternal life in the comic books and he's got family members, significant others, all sorts of incredible things. Uh, so many just possible storylines and, you know, he teams up with the phantom blot and other great ah, yes. Disney villains. You know, it's, it's, it's just fun to root for the bad guy sometimes. I agree. Um, but, but as, as you were saying, uh, Pete got drafted by Walt Disney and appeared as the official mascot of the United States merchant Marine for world war two. Hmm. And there is actually a, you know, like a sew on button from that time with Pete punching a missile. It's like he's in the water <laughs> and he's uppercutting a missile. And it is the coolest visual. If I could ever find one of those buttons, I would pay probably hundreds of dollars for it. Uh, <laughs> well, I'll go back but, in time to when I was back at D23, and I'll try to look for one for you. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> That'll work. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so to, to, to tie it into Nazis again, um, he, he, <laughs> he, uh, he was... Um, he appeared in the Donald Duck series of army films where he actually, this is not the Nazi part yet. He appeared in Donald Duck's series of army films that you were talking about where he plays Donald's drill sergeant mm -hmm. and, and later, later uh, another sergeant and jump master. And, uh, in the comic strips from that time, he was a spy for Nazi Germany Wow! and, uh, Mickey discovered him. And well, I mean, of course Pete's motivation was the money, but Mickey discovered him and, you know, put an end to that as he always does. And I don't know, I, I started writing out this really long script that would cover everything Pete, just because there's so much to yeah. tell, and I still might eventually release that sometime through through Saturday Morning Rewind, but uh, it's not going to be for a little while. Yeah, it takes but, a long time to get that stuff put together, especially when it comes it, to Disney. You're, I mean, you're thinking of almost 100 years worth of, of material. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and with, yeah, with Pete, it's, it's almost 92 years. Mm -hmm. Wow. <laughs> it's crazy. All right, I guess that's going to do it for this episode. I had a lot of fun, that's for sure, talking about some good old Disney stuff. Absolutely, man. This has been a blast. And if you uh, guys think of something that we missed, did we not talk about your favorite short, your favorite character, leave us a voicemail on our voicemail line. It's one eight three three smr tune That's one eight three three seven six seven eight six six six. Leave it under two minutes because it's a cutoff at two minutes long. So do that, and we'll play it on the next episode. Yeah, we look forward to hearing from you. And, uh... I look forward to going into more details about our upcoming conventions. Yeah, we can have a, a combo-like episode. You talk about yours, I'll talk about mine. That works. All right, guys, we'll see you guys next time. Thanks for listening to Saturday Morning Rewind. Please check them out on Facebook and Twitter. And that's all, folks.